Let's welcome our 18 guests. Um, let's uh, start with the Dr. Sulani Mabasa, who is the president of Black Consciousness Movement. Dr. Mabasa, thank you very much for joining us. Good evening. Good evening, ma'am. The pleasure is all mine for having us today. Thank you very much for joining us. I know you've had a very busy day. I'm also going to uh, welcome um, uh, Mr. Tamba Gordi, who is uh, the president of the African People's Convention. Thank you very much, uh, Gordi, for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Indeed, what a beautiful song. Uh, Not only in terms of its uh, uh, lyrics, but the rhythm for those of us who enjoy reggae music. <laughs> well, I'm glad that uh, we, we can all agree that it is a beautiful <laughs> song. Um, thank you very much for joining us, Babkoti. Let me start with you, Dr. Mabasa. Today, you were at the Horsi uh, Mampur Correctional Service in Zwane, and you were one of the speakers um, there. Tell us what the mood was like um, 45 years later, being at that correctional service where... Uh, this uh, tragedy occurred? Um, I think one got a sense of two kind of emotions that one could feel. One, of course, was an emotional one considering the brutal death, the condition that Biko arrived at that particular prison center. So you, you had that sense. But at the same time, you also had a sense that had to do with the political objectives of the Azanian people where you still see a lot of work that still needs to be done. So on the one side, we, we go there to honor this giant, but at the same time, we go there to rededicate ourselves to the struggle. And that is what we usually take away from it. In fact, we have insisted that even if uh, it is two of us or three of us who go to the cell, we will do so continually because we feel it's a very important uh, situation that we can really not live uh, to, to anybody else to tell that particular story. It must be told by us. It must be told also by his movement that will ensure that his ideals and his goals and objectives still go forward and our people and, their, and, their, and the miserable conditions they find themselves in actually improve. So that is the sense that you, you, you got the, the emotional aspect as well as the political aspect. But I think above anything else, if one knows anything about Steve Bantubiko, you would know that he would insist on us that we continue the political objectives, more so in a country and in the context such as ours, which really needs some serious remedy, uh, which will only come about, as what he had said, by a program that is worked out by black people. So that is what uh, essentially we were going to do at that cell, and we've recommitted ourselves again to the struggle of the Azanian people. I'm going to come to you, uh, Bob Gorti, um, around your um, organization, your movement, the African People's Convention. I mean, it was formed based on Steve Bantubiko's ideologies around black consciousness and what he stood for. When we look at where we are today as a people and uh, where we, we, we anticipate to go in the future, do you feel that... Uh, we are still holding close and holding fast to the ideologies of Biko? Well, uh, I think uh, the danger does exist that um, uh, just because memory could be commercialized almost like Che Guevara, where everybody loves this Biko, but uh, nobody lives up to. Uh, up to his teaching. 
So um, it is something that needs to be guarded uh, jealously to ensure that uh, the, his memory and the example of his life and leadership must serve as an inspiration uh, to action, to doing things and uh, thinking in a way that would make the realization of his dreams uh, a possibility. However, if you look, you find that the ideas that uh, Steve Biko represented, uh, Robert Sobukwe, Anton Lambere, uh, there is a great hostility uh, towards those ideas, um, which were heavily suppressed uh, during uh, our struggle for freedom. And even post-94, the majority party in government um, has had a very revisionist posture that seeks to cancel out any idea or outlook that did not confirm uh, the hegemony of uh, of the ANC. And therefore, you find that our people, by and large, broadly, uh, are not thoroughly exposed to these ideas. It's almost an annual ritual where on a day like today, yes, there will be some uh, reporting on it, some discussion, and beyond that, uh, that's it. So, yes, there is still a lot of work uh, to be done to ensure that uh, our people are conscious, our people are aware, and they can relate this consciousness to the work done prior uh, by people like Steve Biko and other materials of our struggle who are committed to substantive social change, not just fighting for a good government or fighting white domination and black domination at the same time, but were committed very clearly and unambiguously uh, to the cause of the majority of our people. All right, we continue with this conversation. I just need to go to a quick break. A-teamers, please send in your uh, messages. They could be uh, messages to pay tribute to Steve Bantubiko uh, on this 45th anniversary of his um, transition. Um, but there could also be messages about where we are right now and how we can go back to that uh, you know, uh, consciousness of being black and proud and whatever Steve Biko taught and stood for, how can we go back to that? Or maybe you feel we are there and it's just a, a handful who are not understanding it. Look, I just want to hear from you as an A-teamer. 614 that's our WhatsApp number. Or you can call in on 86 SMS can go to 4139. Social Conversations. We are in conversation with uh, Temba Gordi, who is the president of uh, the African People's Convention, alongside with uh, the president of Black Consciousness Movement, uh, Dr. Sulani Mabasa. And we are commemorating and paying tribute to the le- legend Steve Bantubiko on uh, the 45th anniversary of his murder here in South Africa. Very sad day, bittersweet, but a day that we need to always remember. It should be in the history books. It should be spoken about. It should be held. I'm actually quite surprised that uh, picking up my children from school today, nothing was said at school. So this is clearly not something that's part of their cu- uh, curriculum. And it saddens me as a South African um, in this dispensation of democracy that we are not upholding such important and key dates um, 
in our history. It's really saddening. I'm going to come to you, uh, Dr. Mabasa. Dr. Mabasa, why is it that we are not putting the legacy of Wab Steve Bantu Biko on our textbooks? We are not teaching about his teachings. Our children are not taught. We are not seeing um, a day like this being observed by the state. I, I think we have to go back to Sasso policy. You would remember that uh, Sasso had defined education in a very interesting way. They defined education as the accumulation of knowledge, number one. Secondly, knowledge that can be used or may not be used in the world. And I think that is quite definitive of the kind of thinking within the black consciousness movement, that on the one side, you, you do want to educate people, but the kind of knowledge that you're educating them on is also critical if, it, if for instance, it fails to relate to the material conditions that they find themselves in, and whether that knowledge system can, in one way or another, transform that particular society. So I think the overall issue around the idea of not even putting the likes of black consciousness philosophy or the Pan-Africanist thought in our school books is because these ideas are thought to be dangerous. And if anything, they are thought to be understood, if properly understood, the people might respond in a different way than they are responding now, given the kind of education that they are getting. So it's a deliberate effort on the part of the establishment. It's a deliberate effort on the part of the ANC, as well as those who back them, to ensure that such knowledge system, such knowledge does not become part and parcel of the everyday syllabus. Because you would remember that if indeed such knowledge would be taught, then we're talking a different story. Today, we live in a society that is driven by populism, but is not really engaged in real critical thought as it pertains to the real problems of the world. And black consciousness provides such a platform to say, think about the world, think about your, loca your locality, think about the situation where you are, and see if in any way or another, the kind of place that you are tallies with the reality of how you're thinking and how you're educated and fundamentally how you will live in that given society. So I think on our, on, on, when it comes to the education system, it's, it's a deliberate effort. We, we are being taught ideals that support the status quo. We're being taught the support of neoliberalism, despite the fact that it's ripping havoc in the world, making sure that the majority of the people are poor just for the benefit of the few. In South Africa, for instance, I remember that last year, the states were sitting around 31.8 million people living in poverty in a country that almost has 60 million people. I mean, that is very, 60 million people, because that is very immoral if you think about it. How can you have a society of people above half of them who live in absolute poverty? Clearly, there is something fundamentally wrong. And I, again, I think those that are in charge of the education system understand that it's better to teach us to be those that are dependent as opposed to be people that are thinking critically. Because at the same time, if you are to consider what black consciousness meant to be, it meant self-initiating programs. It meant self-reliance. It meant self-determination. It meant pushing forward the aspiration of the Azanian people. And they did that. They set up their own schools. They set up their own uh, gardens. They set up their own crutches. They set up everything that is distinctly definitive of who they are as a people and the kinds of objectives that they plan 
for their context and for the future moving forward. And listen to what you've just said, uh, Dr. Mabasa. It's, uh, we also need to just add the fact that it wasn't um, in, in any way saying then any other uh, race is inferior. It wasn't saying any other race then uh, will not have their day under the sun, but it was building up the black community so that there is power within it and power is yeah. restored within it. And maybe that's where people are getting it wrong. Some would then say, God, there's BE, you know, black, broad-based black economic empowerment. Shouldn't everyone be happy who's for the black consciousness movement? Let me come to you, Bob Gordy. What can you say in response to people who then say, BE, why are we so worried? Why are we so stressed? Well, the the struggle was for national self-determination, for the reposition of our land, because the object of uh, colonialism is always land disposition, the primary means of production, um, which is the source and the basis of the poverty that we have. Um, it could not be that we fought so hard and people like Steve Beagle uh, sacrificed their lives just so that uh, could have been so that people could just have shares, uh, you know, in white companies. But we also do know that BEE is actually a strategy that uh, came from, uh, from you know, from the white establishment as a way of blunting uh, substantive and thoroughgoing uh, social transformation. It is part of the management uh, of so-called change which has ensured that uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Uh, if you look at uh, the levels of inequality in our country, they are worse than they were pre-1994. Um, so whatever BE represents, to the extent that uh, we see the past reproducing itself and our country being the most unequal uh, country in the world, uh, will tell you that uh, we are going the wrong way. If you read Steve Pico or Subukwe or Lembede, they all talk about an egalitarian society, a society where the economy serves uh, the majority of the people or all the people, and that's not what we have. So to talk about BE, it's essentially to talk about fronting. It's about to talk about cheating. It's about... Um, Winking the people into believing that a few uh, people who are billionaires or multimillionaires uh, are millionaires on behalf of the majority, and and that cannot be. And and the reality, in relation to what Steve Biko stood for, uh, especially when it comes to the economy, is that for as long as uh, the economy is not transformed, it is just as it has been inherited. It can never bring about material change for the majority because it was designed uh, to benefit a few through the exploitation of the many. And and therefore, anyone who say, I want to bring about change, but does not talk about changing the economic system, uh, it's merely deliberately lying to the people or it's just, uh, it's just naive. It has not happened. It will not happen. So... The point here is that when you say Steve Biko, you should immediately think about substantive change. When you say Steve Biko, you should talk about selflessness. So you can't have selflessness in the kind of system uh, that exists currently.
Let me go to our A-teamer on the line. A-teamer Vuyiswa, good evening. Please keep your comments sweet and short. Okay, thanks Patricia for taking my call and the greetings to your guest there. Uh, you know, for me, these sacrifices are so painful. Very, very painful is it that day I was there. You know, I, I know I was today as a child. But now, the truth is that as long as these sacrifices that people actually gave to this, to, to this country, as long as we don't you know, restore the dignity of the African people in education. Once called prestigious family structures are collapsing each and every day, and we are watching and we wait for this day to talk, and every day we don't live what we were stood for. It's very painful. Very, very painful. Painful indeed. Uh, so yeah. What would you suggest, just quickly in like 30 seconds, what would you suggest we should do? You know, for me, we need to restore the dignity of each and every one, not class distinctions, because what we've gone into right now is that what we go fought for. We live a life of class distinctions. If you are not so-and-so, you know, uh, you can even see it on FAFM. It's a world of, of, of professors. What about that person? In Sawara, in Ginsberg, King Williamstown, mm. but sacrifice, but it's not known. Mm. You know, but no, the walks of people, the talk of people, but you never hear of those people being called to come and talk. You have to be a professor. So even us going to call Europeans that treated us as like this, we are in this predicament because of them. So come thank and you, explain Vries, the well, Thank day. you. Thank uh, you. Restore the dignity. And that's what I got from your comment. I'm going to the voice notes here um, from our A-teamers. Good evening. Um, you know what is really sad is the fact that we have just forgiven these people for what they did to our people. Murdering leaders. They just got away with it. No court cases for apartheid, le apartheid leaders. The killers of our people. No, no court cases. No international uh, cases for crime, uh, crimes against humanity. We just forgave them, and that's the really sad part of, of of our people. We've just allowed these people to get away with what they did. Yeah, in honor of Steve Biko. Thank you. Hello, Sisi. Steve was a man, a great man, and his ideology was good, especially for Africa. Unfortunately, his ideology has been corrupted by money, African leaders like money, bribery and everything. So the poor man died for nothing. He was killed for nothing. I feel sorry for him. I even crying in my heart because we are not practicing what he was aiming for. The upliftment of a black man's mentality that we are Africans, we must do everything for ourselves. Thanks. Bye. Adam. It's a bittersweet feeling. My name is Drew. Um, I'm 28 basically, but to me it's a bittersweet feeling that you know, we never really know about our African leaders, what they stood for, what they fought for. The only person that we ever really know about is Mandela. But other people and other leaders, other black consciousness leaders, we don't know about. 
and it's a bittersweet feeling because i know many people in my age group because i'm 28 don't know so much about these duties it is only in this time of the internet and if you take time and delve deep enough you would get to know about your african duties i feel like there's nothing much that has been done to educate us about our africanness you know and what we stay what we stand for as black people you know so i think like that's part of the reason like you know we are out there chasing what we do not know because we don't have really an identity at school they give you a glimpse of what you are supposed to be in terms of your Africanness, but never really thoroughly. So I think there's lack of education. Mm. We need to wrap up our conversation and uh, thank you, A-teamers, for the contributions on this uh, particular conversation. I'm going to start with you, Dr. Mabasa. Um, how do we ensure that Biko's philosophy touches um, young people in South Africa, in the urban and in, in the rural spaces, uh, that young people learn from his teachings and his philosophies and uh, we are igniting uh, that black consciousness within them? Well, I think the task will be, firstly, I, I suppose, with the movements that espouse this particular ideology. But I think other than the movement itself, the ground is so fertile that people are responding. But, of course, because of the lack of leadership or the lack of relevant ideological orientation, you have a situation where people are moving from one end to another. But I think these organizations that are organizations generally defined as the organizations of the left have to do a serious job. Of course, it's difficult. Uh, we don't want to create an impression that it's easy because some of these ideas... Uh, people find it very difficult to accept them. If you remember, in the past, I, I mean in the very euphoria of 1994, it was the Black Consciousness Movement and the Pan-Africanist Movement at the time that pointed out that CODESA will not work. That pointed out that the kind of economic framework that we were going to use was going to result in a catastrophe. We see 28 years later, what they have said is true. So you have a situation where People now are beginning to awaken. And of course, there are those who use these particular situations to try and advance certain positions and certain privileges. But the truth of the matter is that the ground is ripe. The organizations that espouse these ideologies must go back to the people and see if they can influence the people. One of the strengths of the Black Consciousness Movement is that it invaded all aspects of black life, whether it was in the arts, where it was in So you have a collective response in responding to the oppression. And I think one thing which is very much important for the younger generation is to come to realize that at the end of it all, we are oppressed. You know, one thing which is seldom spoken about when we speak about racism or white supremacy is that we ignore that at a fundamental level, white racism as well as white supremacy, just like capitalism, has an economic logic to it. It's not only about racial slayers. It's not only about white people calling us baboons. It's much more important. They are only able to do that because they've got power. Dr. Carmichael put it to us this way. He says, if the white man wants to lynch me, that's his problem. But if he has the power to lynch me, that's my problem because racism is not about attitudes, but it is about power. And I think our people are waking up to the reality that we are a powerless people, we are a bleeding people, and we are people who are in need of a serious remedy. But the organizations must do their job, and that is what we are attempting to do. Thank you very much for joining us, Dr. Mabasa, and shedding light. I'm uh, coming now to you, um, Bob Gordi. Um, you know, there's an article um, that came out 
in uh, New Singapore um, a couple of hours ago, citing that our president, President Cyril Ramaphosa, says that uh, uh, South Africa still has a long way to go in achieving the vision of uh, struggle icon Steve Biko. And he says that the country is still working towards the fulfillment of human dignity. So what can be done to push us in the right direction instead of us having a long way to go 28 years later? Yes, I must say we do need to emphasize that uh, Steve Pico is a legend that will remember 100 years into the future because what he stood for and the, what he exemplified will always be a guide on how our people find their way into the future. And part of what he did was being practical, being uh, honest to himself and being true to the people. The main problem we're having currently is that, uh, and, and I'm saying it's not, you know, not not with any sense of lightness. Uh, the reality is that uh, those who are in the leadership of the majority party, uh, some of, to a very large extent, have abandoned the cause of freedom, merely uh, used the history of struggle of their party to camouflage positions that are contrary to the interests of the people and contrary to what. As Steve Biko has exemplified, we need um, as a people um, to use ideas to think because the solution to our problems will come from ideas, being able to outthink our enemies, outorganize them. It will not come from shouting and populism. Um, the majority of the people have realize that the reconciliation mantra has not worked. They have not brought back the land, has not brought back uh, equality. However, uh, there is a lack of, or there is still a need for serious organizational work. And that is what the APC has dedicated itself. Whenever we go, whether in the urban areas or in the rural areas, like way in some deep rural areas in the Eastern Cape over the weekend, we always emphasize the issue around consciousness, awareness. Mm. Who are we? Where do we come from? What do we seek to achieve? Because as Franz Fanon indicated, colonialism alienated the native from himself. So if you don't have a sense of but, self... But and unfortunately, I need to leave it there because I'm far spent in terms of time. Thank you very much for joining us. So much. Thank, so thank much. you. Let's go straight to Greg Host for the news. Uh, it's a minute after 11. Greg, thank you very much for your patience.